Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right. Uh, send a Friday hello to my buddy uh, Jeff Cook with uh, Back to the Bars, my uh, Led Zeppelin mentor. It is uh, Bowerly at News Radio 930 WBEN. Good to be with you. I uh, had a lot of very interesting uh, discussions this week. I'm going to shift gears here in uh, just a little bit, but I want to go to uh, a dear friend of mine and friend of the show who has been on many a time, but uh, not with us uh, since the COVID situation uh, took uh, root. And uh, that is uh, Buffalo attorney Steve Cohen with uh, Tiveron Law. Steve Cohen, thanks very much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate your time. Sure. Thanks for having me, Tom. Now, many of our eyes, of course, are on the situation in uh, Israel. And uh, I don't know a lot, but I do know that you had some very harrowing experiences. Can you kind of walk us through the life of Steve Cohen over the past uh, week or so? Well, let's not take the focus off of the true victims here. My family and I certainly went through something uh, that was uh, frightening, but the true victims here are the people, the families who were attending a concert or a peace rally or playing with their children who were viciously and mercilessly gunned down, kidnapped, abducted, raped, and tortured. Those are the victims. Uh, For us, we went there on a vacation. We we arrived on... uh, uh, Thursday, and uh, we then attempted uh, attended the Simchas Torah services at a synagogue with friends in Israel, and then went to dinner at their house in their sukkah, that's that uh, standalone uh, shelter. Now it's part of the part of the uh, ceremony of Sukkot, and we had a lovely evening, and then we went back the next day, next morning. We were awakened by air raid sirens at about uh, 7.20 in the morning. Uh, didn't think much of them. We figured this is Israel, this kind of thing happens. And then we went to uh, Jaffa or Joppa, whatever you choose to call it. And while we were out there, we noticed that it was very sparsely populated. And you know, we look up, and uh, I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but you know, we didn't know the extent of what was going on, but we saw missiles flying overhead and we saw them intercepted and me you know kind of like an idiot but not realizing the danger of this whole thing i i started taking pictures of missiles being intercepted i have never seen that before and then a couple of shells landed in the water uh, very close to us and they they plopped into the water and uh they um exploded while they were underwater and then my wife was like we got to get the hell out of here so 
we went back to the hotel and immediately were ushered into stairwells, which were the bomb shelters. Uh, many of the people, it was early in the morning. It was about, I don't know, maybe about 8 o'clock, I think. And uh, the people who were ushered into these stairwells, you know, they were guests. They were not Israelis, so they, they were not prepared for anything. And they they were in the bomb shelters or the, the stairwells. Many of them, had, you know, had not brought their phones. Um, many of them weren't even, you know, dressed in, in uh, day clothes yet. So we came in, and, and my family and I all had, our cell phones that were charged up. So uh, immediately we were uh, asked if other people could use phones, you know, from Australia, Germany, United States, wherever they were visiting from so that they can call people. And apparently this was already worldwide news that Israel was under massive attack from the Gaza Strip. Uh, And then the next, you know, two days, it was constantly being in a bomb shelter. Uh, we'd go back to our rooms every now and then after about an hour each time. They would let us back to our rooms. We would charge our phones. Uh, they wouldn't let us out of the hotel, or they strongly uh, discouraged anybody leaving. And then we'd have to go back into the uh, – when, when missiles would come over. Uh, the, there were helicopters that were surrounding us that were circling Tel Aviv. Uh, they would go in pairs. They were gunships, helicopters. They were also um, – military uh, boats. Uh, they were small boats. like they, they looked like inflatable craft, maybe, I don't know, 30 feet long at the most. And they were patrolling the, the, uh, the, the beaches, and we thought that was odd. But then we learned through others that uh, there were uh, terrorists that were coming into the country, coming into Israel by beaches. In fact, they caught five of them just a block from our, our hotel, having come uh, come ashore from a local beach. Then there were other helicopters that started to come that di- didn't make sense to me because they weren't gunships. They didn't look like uh, they were military, um, and they, they were actually medevac helicopters. They didn't have red crosses on them or anything that would indicate what they were. But uh, I, I contacted a friend of mine who was, um, you know, kind of in the know. He's with the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency. And I sent pictures of the helicopters. And he said, oh, yeah, these are medevac that are taking people from uh, the different areas where people have been bombed. And they're taking them to the hospital in Tel Aviv. So it was surreal, absolutely surreal. Very, very disturbing. Uh, I just I cannot imagine a situation where you are with your family in Israel and then all of this stuff starts happening. And as you said, you heard the air raid sirens, but at first you didn't quite understand the significance of the air raid sirens and and the fact that they actually were indicators that a massive attack was underway. Yeah, that's true. It was very naive of me. And, and and what they do there is they only keep the air raid sirens going when there are incoming missiles, they, you know, or if they expect there to be more of them. So it didn't last very long. It was they, it was only lasted for maybe I don't know, less than a minute the first time, about seven twenty in the morning, on a Saturday morning, which by which by the way was Shabbat, the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's. You know, uh, particularly, it's, again, a replay of the Yom Kippur War when uh, 50 years ago, 
they they did the same thing. They find the holiest day of the year, the holiest day of the week, uh, during a the the, the uh, festivals of Simchas Torah, the festivals of Sukkot, the Shah, the Sabbath, when most Jews are in you know in temple or preparing to uh, pray, and and uh, that's when they chose to attack. It was very well orchestrated, and uh, these people are just just vicious. And then then you hear you know. Uh, uh, people saying that they are uh, encouraging Israel to show restraint. Well, you know, did anybody tell the United States to show restraint, uh, you know, on September 12th, 2001? You know, you don't show restraint. You, you've got to respond. And then the, then when the Israelis shut off power to 80 percent of the Gaza Strip, the Palestinian uh, countries, many of them said, oh, we now need to, um, you know, have a jihad against Jews everywhere in the world because of the barbaric treatment. They, they shut power to Hamas. Well, how about beheading babies? You know, how about the stuff that the uh, Palestinians have done to bring this on? Uh, it, it's very unfair, and, and the world buys into it, which is absolutely mind-boggling. You know, I, I remember back in 2005, I think we all do, when, you know, the— um, after uh, negotiations, Israel was urged, uh, we need you to uh, evacuate the Gaza Strip and give it to the Palestinians, and there will be peace. You know, and the Israelis said, there won't be peace. They're going to use this to create a terrorist state. And it's exactly what they did. I mean, th- this attack that just happened this past week, this isn't the first attack. They've been lobbing Scud missiles into Israel, ever since they were given, they were, we were forced to give over, Israel was forced to give over, the Gaza Strip. And, and the same people who urged Israel to give up land for peace, they're the same people who are now urging Israel to show restraint. Well, I certainly hope Israel doesn't listen, and I hope that Israel attacks these terrorists. These, these are criminals. These aren't um these aren't the peaceful Muslims that we break bread with, that our children play with, who live in Western New York, the good people who I call my friends, who I hug. These are terrorists. They're criminals. They're radicals. And all they want to do is kill Jews and destroy Israel. They have vowed to destroy Israel. So uh, no mercy should be shown to them. They certainly don't show mercy to the, the Jews that they kill. Why should any mercy be shown to them? And, you know, to these people who say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's unfair. You shouldn't fight back. I would like to offer them up to these terrorists and have the terrorists take them back into the Gaza Strip and let them be tortured. And let's see what they say after that. But, uh, Tom, my my family's safe and sound. We're back in Buffalo. Glad to be here. And uh, we actually wanted to say in Israel, but the State Department said, you know, any Americans who stay are just causing us to um, dilute our resources and divert resources to, to protecting you. And you can't spend money here anyway because everything's uh, shut down. So they said, please, if you can get out yourself, get out. Steve, so if, that, you can, uh, 
If you can hold on, I've got uh, some follow-ups. Uh, Buffalo attorney uh, Steve Cohen, longtime friend of the show, joining us on News Radio 930 WBEN, just back from Israel where he was an eyewitness to what happened uh, last weekend. We're talking with uh, Buffalo attorney Steve Cohen, back safe and sound with his family from Israel. Steve, when the uh, attacks commenced uh, and in the... Uh, aftermath of the initial wave how much discussion was there uh, in the stairwell shelters about uh, well you, you mentioned earlier your contact at dia defense intelligence agency how much conversation was there about geez how come mossad how come israeli military defense didn't know what was going to be happening was how much consternation was there about the uh, sneak attack you know, everybody was saying, how could this uh, attack have occurred? It was clearly something that was very well coordinated. It was by air, land, and sea. They, they were these, these hang gliders or, or I'm not even sure what kind of, very light uh, uh, aircraft that were coming into the country. So how could this happen without knowing anything about it? And what, what I have since learned is that this entire attack was planned without computers. Everything was done on paper. And uh, that's the way it eluded uh, Mossad and Israeli intelligence, IDF, and and none of the other countries in the world that monitor this very volatile area picked it up because nothing was broadcast over airwaves. Nothing was done by uh, uh, using electronics. Everything was planned. uh, As if this was from the, you know, the, the 1910s. With no computers, with no um, uh, no radio communications, it was done by word of mouth and uh, on pe- on pen and paper. So that's what we learned now, and that's very interesting. That, that when you resort to a to a tactic of of no technology, that uh, our or Israelis' uh, intelligence services, in fact, everybody's intelligence services, is a hundred percent now sigin signal intelligence it's 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 uh, or uh, human intelligence by going around and, and uh, talking and seeing what's going on but the signal intelligence and the signal core uh, picks up things that are transmitted and you all put you always hear about chatter they talk about the chatter and the internet none of that was used you know, I, I find that interesting uh, when it comes to the electronic surveillance, but in terms of the uh, on-the-ground surveillance, the so-called boots on the ground, the drones, the, the insects that also can act as bugs inside a room, it, it's almost like every single link in the chain of Israel's intelligence collapsed. Yeah, it absolutely appears that way, and that you know, you can't argue with the success of the terrorists in achieving this unprecedented, uh, this unprecedented invasion. And and another thing too is they defeated the the um, uh, the tunnel system that connects the Gaza Strip to mainland Israel. You know, there were about let's let's say twenty tunnels. It's not exactly twenty, but. Each of these tunnels had pressure sensors in them and cameras and gates. And how did they come through so quickly? They, they just they, they bombed the, the, uh, the gates and they stormed through in a matter of like two minutes of getting through these, uh, these tunnels to go from 
Gaza inside, into Israel, and that just wasn't enough time for the Israeli military to react. In fact, some Israeli military uh, bases were uh, overwrought, overrun with by uh, by terrorists, and people were shot while they were still in bed or while they were uh, in the shower. So it was a very successful and brutal and horrific attack. Steve Cohen, where where does this go from here, vis-a-vis uh, Israel and uh, Hamas and the Gaza Strip? Well, there were five opportunities for a two-state solution where Israel was willing to give up vast territories for peace, and none of them were accepted by the Palestinian Authority. I mean, on five separate occasions, they were told, "You want to feel, you, you, you want to occupy yourself here, uh, you know, occupy this. You want to jointly occupy it, have a have a two-state." Absolutely. And they said, no, there is to be no Israel. Israel needs to be destroyed. And because of public pressure, uh, global pressure, much of it applied by the United States, I would add, uh, Israel has relented. And on five occasions, we, we, you know, the holiest site in all of uh, Judaism is the site where, where King Solomon's temple was located. And the the radicalized Muslims, well, actually all Muslims, will say, well, it's a holy site for us, too. Okay, you know, sure, uh, the Temple Mount. And uh, Christians look at that, you know, it was the, the uh, Jesus gave a, uh, a, a sermon from this spot. So what was, what was agreed to? Well, it was agreed to that the Israeli army would protect the site and allow people of every single religion— to pray there, except for Jews. So if you go there and you say, I'm Jewish, I'd like to check out King Solomon's temple. No, you're not allowed in. An Israeli soldier would prevent you from entering. But if you're Muslim, Christian, Buddhist, you know, any other religion, you can get in. These kinds of concessions are made because there are, um, <laughs> there are ignorant people who keep saying, yeah, yeah, you have to give up uh, land and make concessions for peace, but it never, ever, ever works that way. So what's going to happen from here? Well, at the moment, none of the Arab countries are offering sanctuary to the Palestinians, which is Steve. I, I, I need to, I need to take a break. I I, I apologize if you need to go. Yeah. I get it. Otherwise, I need to follow up uh, after the four thirty news on News Radio nine thirty WBEN. It is four twenty eight. Steve Cohen is with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Uh, it's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. And uh, joining us, we have uh, renowned and prominent Buffalo attorney Steve Cohen, who was in Israel when everything began. The world turned upside down last weekend, back safe and sound in Buffalo. And uh, before we had to break, uh, we're looking ahead as to what the possible ramifications and repercussions would be uh, down the line. Also talked about uh, the the failure of the uh, Israeli intelligence services. And uh, Steve, do you want to pick up from there? Yeah, well, uh, one thing that may come of this is, you know, the United Nations Security Council has refused to recognize or sanction Hamas or Hezbollah as a, as a terrorist group. They, they have refused to do that. Uh, the only reason the U.N. Security Council has uh, designated groups like al-Qaeda, Taliban, uh, ISIS as uh, terrorist organizations, because they attack the United States and, and the U.S. has a tremendous amount of power in the U.N. Security Council. But uh, uh, right now, the Iranian-based uh, Hezbollah and Hamas uh, they are not considered terrorist groups, no matter how many people they behead or shoot or murder in cold blood or rape or torture. So maybe, maybe, because now in this day and age, there's so much video of, of decapitated babies and uh, people being shot and dragged off. Maybe the U.N. Security Council will say, look, we, you know, we all hate Jews, but this kind of behavior, you know, the U.N. is going to lose any credibility if we don't. Uh, call them what they are, these radicalized Muslims. They are terrorists. They're criminals. So that, that may change. And the fact that the Pal- many of the Palestinian countries are refusing to give sanctuary to uh, the Palestinian terrorists this time around because of all that evidence, maybe that'll change. Do you see... Uh, what began uh, last weekend as far as uh, the kinetic part of it. Do you see this uh, leading to a wider conflagration in uh, Israel and Gaza? Yeah, well, I, I certainly hope that Hamas is stamped out, that these terrorists, these criminals, are stamped out for good. I'd like to see them vaporized, annihilated, so that the good Palestinian people could perhaps live in peace. You know, it, it's not the families with children, the the decent human beings who are the perpetrators here. These are radicalized Muslims. These are not the people who live in western New York. These are not the Muslims who are our friends. These are radicalized. And uh, I want these criminals, I hope that everybody should want these criminals, these vermin, these cowards to be stamped out. I I think that the more um, Bombs that could be dropped on these criminals and these more of these people who can be vaporized, the better. You know, we have never sought to stamp out a nation. Only the criminals. Only the criminals. And we, we know the people who have dragged off and taken American hostages. These are not human beings. These are people who, uh, you know, I would hope that all Americans would say, hey, if we had an opportunity to kill these people, we would, so that the good Palestinians, the good people, the good human beings who don't want to live under the rule of these criminals, that, that uh, uh, they, 
they can do so with, uh, uh, you know, with, with a free environment, with a free atmosphere. These are criminals, Tom, and they need to be stamped out. And I hope that Israel does exactly that. And to anybody out there that says, show restraint, don't kill these people, negotiate or give up more land, I tell them to go to hell. Is is this a situation uh, where, you know how after the Munich massacre in 1972, it took some time, but eventually Israeli intel was able to isolate those who were responsible and systematically take them out, and also considerable informed speculation that that's what uh, Israeli intelligence did with some of the Iranian rocket scientists. Um, are, are you anticipating uh, surgical um, operations like that or more widespread operations? All right, that, that's a, a, an excellent question. And uh, as much as these people are terrorists and criminals, they're also bright, they're smart. And what they did is they know that if they launch their missiles, literally launch their missiles from schools or from mosques or from hospitals, that as soon as Israel um, drops a, uh, a bomb on their launch site, that the world will only hear that Israel has attacked a mosque or a school or a hospital. And the world just can't seem to hear the words that, hey, this is where they are launching their missiles from. They're launching their rockets from. They, it, it's on them if innocents get killed. Uh, Israel has exercised far more restraint than I believe should be exercised. So, uh, but it is within the Israeli ethos to never kill a civilian if it is at all possible to prevent. So, what they're doing is is they're saying, you know what? Um, if we attack this uh, launch pad, which is located in a schoolyard, while school's in session. We fear the children are going to are going to die. So what they have to do is they have to take their um, uh, ground personnel, their ground intelligence personnel or their uh, their operatives to go and attempt to destroy it uh, primarily, meaning, you know, somebody has to go in there and, and uh, attach an explosive device to their launching pad. It's very difficult. These things are guarded heavily. So I think that there's going, you know, to the extent possible, there will be uh, precise surgical attacks on the to neutralize these uh, the terrorist launching pads, but to the extent that it can't be avoided, I hope that Israel does what it needs to do and sends in guided missiles to hit exactly on the launch pads, and hopefully with um, with uh, small. Uh, frag radiuses so that uh, they are not affecting any more territory than they need to. So that maybe it'll go out 100 feet, uh, a radius of 100 feet from these launching pads. But I'm, I'm just hoping that, that these animals, these terrorists uh, that have been upsetting and destroying lives for oh so long, I hope that Israel does what's necessary to stamp out these vermin. 
Yeah, I know that uh, we've been focusing on the the bigger picture, uh, and your concern obviously is uh, with the people who are left behind in Israel. But in terms of your trip back to the West, can you uh, just kind of talk about what that was like? Because I would imagine that in itself had to be somewhat surreal. I mean, we all bitch about flight delays and um, waiting around in airport terminals and how much a pretzel cost at an airport. But as far as the uh, as far as your actual trip home with the family, uh, what what was that like? Uh, I mean, going from a situation like that back to the relative safety of the United States. Yeah, that was a nightmare, Tom. I mean, everybody, as soon as it started to happen, as soon as the State Department said, hey, you, you, know, you need to leave, you won't do any good by being here, uh, you have to leave. So everybody tried to, you know, they called their airlines and would go to the airport Ben-Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv, and uh, wait for their flight. But everything was canceled because every U.S.-based airline canceled all flights incoming and outgoing. So then what do you do? So now you've got an airport filled with people looking for a flight to get home. So then they started to look for flights home on other airlines. And uh, those two were closed out or delayed, or they just want, there just weren't enough flights. So uh, there are still people at the airport trying to get out. Uh, what we did is we contacted a friend uh, who's an undersecretary of state in Washington, and, and she told us, she said, you know what, I know this is counterintuitive, but I, I want you to get on uh, a, a Muslim airline, and I want you to head in the other direction from the United States. I want you to head to the United Arab Emirates or uh, to, you know, any place in the, in, the, uh, in the world that's an Arab country, but that's not attacking Israel right now. And from there, you'll be able to find a flight to the United States, Chicago, Kennedy, Los Angeles, and take it. So after waiting for days and we kept booking flights and paying in advance, we'll probably never see this money again. I mean, just, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to get the five of us out of there. We finally got this is an airline that we were directed to. It's called Fly Dubai, D-U-B-A-I, Fly Dubai. And so we, we were able to finally, after everything was delayed, 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 and, and we've tried to go back and get a hotel to try to get sleep. We were massively sleep deprived uh still are in fact uh so uh, you know if, if there's anything that i say that's uh uh not refined uh, let me chalk it up to me uh not having all that much sleep over the past week but we flew to dubai magnificent city i've got to tell you i've never been there uh i may actually want to go back mm-hmm. but we we get to dubai and then uh, on Emirates, uh, I'm sorry, on Fly Dubai. And from there, we were able to book a flight eventually after a day or two uh, on Emirates Air back to the United States, uh, to Chicago, uh, O'Hare Airport. And then from O'Hare, we actually found one directly to Buffalo. And my, my one of my sons uh, went to JFK because he lives in Manhattan. Uh, so that was uh, surreal. So it was a, what, a 17-hour flight, I think. Uh, unpleasant, but uh, at least it got us home. 
renowned Buffalo attorney Steve Cohen, uh, just back from Israel, where his family uh, was trying to uh, enjoy itself and uh, found uh, the Cohen family in the middle of the uh, situation we've been discussing most of the week here on uh, News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, Steve, um, when you um, had a chance to sit back in your seat and you know, realize that you were finally on your way home, that you were out of harm's way. What were, were some of the conversations like uh, between yourself and family members about what you had collectively experienced, and, and how did it change you? Because you weren't expecting this. Well, first of all, we, we were very, very grateful uh, to be on a flight home. But we were also keenly aware we have friends over there. And uh, the people, remember I mentioned earlier that for uh, a Sukkot, we, we had dinner in, in, in a sukkah uh, with friends. And we this was before the attack started. And, and their son had just finished a three-year uh, a three-year tour in the military. And he was home. He said, oh, I'm very glad to be home and all that. Well, he was called out the next day. He was reactivated. And people who were in their 40s and 50s, uh, were reactivated as well. So uh, as we're dr- as we're flying home and we're grateful to be on our way home, we uh, our hearts uh, were um, broken over these these families these these new fathers and mothers. Remember the women serve in the military there too, and but these new these these young people and, and older people who are now about to uh, find themselves in in military conflict and uh many of them would certainly perish and and people have been dying uh at the hands of hamas and now hezbollah which is uh, they're the terrorists on the northern part of israel so we were most of our thoughts were devoted to oh my goodness what's uh, nadav going to do and and poor you know one of that that was the young man who uh, we shared dinner in a, in a sukkah with so uh, the the conversation it also you know look we we have we have lost we lost tens of thousands of dollars on booking flights for which we paid in advance but that doesn't even touch the kind of pain that fam that that people had uh by seeing their relatives kidnapped or raped uh taken hostage so you know we, we didn't even really talk about the uh, the financial um, devastation, you know, that my family experienced. It's not devastation; it's more inconvenience. But it is tens of thousands of dollars we'll never see. <laughs> and uh, we were all sleep deprived at the time, so uh, we were kind of numb, but very glad to be in the air, very glad to be uh, getting back to the United States. And then, as soon as we got a little bit of sleep uh, after we got off the plane, and we were sleeping on the ground of uh, the, the inside terminal at O'Hare, which is Chicago's airport, we were just remarking at how, you know, the Palestinians receive billions in aid each year from the United States. And, uh, but those the billions of dollars, they don't go to building um, schools and hospitals and oases and, uh, you know, their own energy production uh, facilities. They go for bombs for the military and uh you know i know it's complicated to talk about what you know why does the united states give terrorists these palestinian terrorists money 
Um, but all we could think about is, look, we have funded the destruction of Israel. The United States has funded the attacks upon Israel. So, you know, getting back to the original question, I certainly hope that our response is disproportionate. Uh, I hope that our response destroys these criminals because nothing else is going to stop this. Now, you understand that Israelis have an ironclad policy that they always warn Gazans and any hostiles about an attack. They actually drop flyers and they send people with bullhorns and they say, there is going to be an attack. You know, go back to your homes and stay away from this building because this is going to be bombed in 15 minutes. <laughs> That's what the Israelis do. You know, these uh, these terrorists, these criminals, these cowards, these uh, vermin, these, these um, messengers of evil, uh, they don't do that they come out in the open with with uh, uh, automatic weapons and they gun down people at peace rallies so i believe that it, it, it is high time to ignore the people out there who say yeah israel please show restraint and be kind and build the you know build more things for the palestinians and give them build them new houses you know that's the time for that has passed we've tried all that many 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 times so for, for those who say they're worried about the Israeli response being disproportionate, you know, I say it's time to be disproportionate. When you're talking about killing terrorists, you're talking about um, uh, doing a good thing. Nobody likes to, the thought of, of murder. But when you're talking about uh, killing a terrorist, somebody who does, who rapes and, and tortures, uh, everybody can, uh, can have a clear conscience about that. Steve Cohen, I want to thank you uh, very much for joining us on uh, News Radio 930 WBEN and uh, recounting your family's uh, ordeal. Glad you were alive to tell the tale and appreciate the insight. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. I'm going to text you some of the photos I took. I think you'll be interested uh, seeing the interception of missiles and stuff. But uh, thanks for having me, Tom, and, and thanks for doing what you do. Absolutely. Uh, Buffalo attorney of great prominence, Steve Cohen, on News Radio 930 WBEN. 4.57 right now. We've got news coming up. Uh, would anybody be horribly uh, offended or upset if we did something kind of fun in the final hour of uh, the show this week? Uh, would that be out of character, or should we lighten it up for your drive home? I'm inclined to kind of lighten it up for the drive home, if that's okay with you, if it's not inappropriate, on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.